1: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.
2: You have to think about um, upfront who's doing what and who is responsible for what, especially in partnerships. And when it's just you, it's cool, everything falls on you. But when you start needing to answer questions, and you're being checked by people, it's good to be able to say, nope, this is the rules. This is what we said. This is what we agreed on. People are emotional and emotions in business do not mix. They may say, oh, well, I'm in a bind. I need some money. So I wanna take out some money from the business. No, no. We said that the money was locked up. It's a lockup. Nobody's taking any distributions for the first two years. That now makes it a personal problem and not a business problem. And we agreed on this.
3: My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> <'em>, mic drop. <laughs> Bag drop. drop. All right, guys. Welcome back, EYL. This is a very nostalgic episode. I'll explain. So, you know, we started Earn Your Leisure and uh, the original concept was just me and Troy and we were talking about like different relevant stuff in pop culture relating into to business business case studies things of that nature and we didn't have any guests
0: nah no 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 just yeah. us yeah
3: <laughs> and then the first guest that we
0: had episode eight Eight. you said, yo. Let's just invite somebody, man. Like, yeah, sure. Was, uh, <laughs> yes, Miss Business. So I met, I met, I met Miss Business
3: through MG. Shout out to MG. Um, went to his workshop that he had. I spoke at his, his workshop, and this is two years ago. And um, are oh, we going on
0: th- three wow. years, bro
3: Almost three, but it's like Jeez. it was like two because we didn't it have was a guest. We start
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like
3: two and a half years ago. Um so long story short, I met Miss Business there and you know, dope accounting CPA. So around that time, Amazon had uh, a big story in the news where they didn't pay any uh federal taxes. Yeah,
0: zero taxes, yep. I'm
3: going federal, right? No federal it taxes. Was federal. Yeah. Yep, and they had it was made federal. like eighteen billion dollars that year. And they didn't pay any taxes so it was a real big trending topic so i'm like all right this is a perfect time to actually talk about this but instead of me and troy talking about it let's bring an expert in to talk about it and then not only talk about that but to give general you know tax tips because i feel like taxes was something that was very very important so long story short invited miss business and um she was the first guest of eyl (laughs) and then
2: i was opened up the floodgates
3: for everybody everybody to
0: come how you talking about kanye on that
2: you did have Shout me talking about time. You guys out. we were talking about everything. Shout out to our
0: brother. Yeah. Wow, I couldn't
2: believe that was two years ago.
0: Yeah, that was a that, lot
2: has happened in two years. A lot has As you happened. you
0: can see, a lot of things have changed. A lot of
2: things <laughs> have changed. We was at the we was at the dining room table.
0: This is a fact. Now I just eat dinner there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. So so this is a full circles moment. Um so if you're familiar with us, then you're probably familiar with Miss Business. Um, CPA extraordinaire. And she's been one of these people that's kind of been a fixture with EYL where she's done events for us. Um, she's did Market Mondays. We've done YouTube Live. We've done, she's done a, taught a lot of classes for EYL University. The professor's here. She's been, she's been with us, kind of like how MG has been with us. Um, but we have not done a follow-up episode. So I thought this was the perfect timing for a follow-up episode. Different topic, though. This time um, is probably one of the most requested topics that we have ever had, where it's like we talk about business so, so much. And one of the top topics is how do you start a business? Like, what is the steps to start a business from setting up an LLC to setting up an EIN number, the bank account, um, the idea of actually starting a business, the, the operation agreements. And then once you have a business, as far as how do you put stuff in your business name? I want to know that. How do you take tax deductions? <laughs> <They love that. laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. Retirement. How do you set up retirement plans? How do you hire employees? How do you put employees on payroll? So much stuff. It's like, you know, even if you go to business school, a lot of this stuff is not taught. Most of the stuff taught in business school is like more theory, things of that nature, supply and demand charts. But this is real world business. And what happens is most of the time is that you just learn as you go. The problem with learning as you go is that you make a lot of mistakes and you can avoid some mistakes if you have some level of mentorship. And this is what EYL has become kind of like mentorship in a sorts. So this conversation is extremely important. We're going to be talking about how to start a business, how to keep the business afloat, how to run a business operations everything you need to know to have a successful business this year next year and every year so first and foremost thank you for joining
0: us appreciate it
2: thank you for having me again
0: welcome back welcome back. this is you know why it's also perfect timing (laughs) we just saw the report that 4.5 million people quit their jobs right and we saw that a lot of people are
2: not playing they're not
0: going back to work but they are becoming entrepreneurs so we saw the ADP numbers rise So that's an encouraging sign, especially if you're looking at, like, who's trying to start their own business. So this is the absolute pristine time. And the
2: perfect uh, way to start the year. Perfect way to start off 2022.
0: Indeed. That's
3: a fact. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's a fact. A lot of people have New Year's resolutions of starting a business. So what better way? And even if you have a business, this is going to be information that you can use to take your business to the next level and just run things more efficiently so all right, I'm not even gonna waste any time let's get into it so the first question that i have we're gonna start from like the beginning all the way to the end is um choosing a business like when you're considering a business you have passion projects and you have businesses a lot of times people start businesses for the wrong reasons they start the wrong businesses so what are your advice as far as like starting a business idea
2: so when people have everyone has ideas right i believe that we're all phenomenal and we all have these amazing ideas however i think that when you're considering i say passion versus profit Mm. because you hear all the time you need to like follow your passion and you need to follow your passion and sometimes that passion leaves you broke Right. and So I think that when you are thinking about all these different ideas that you have, you have to think about what is going to turn me a profit. So that way it will allow me to then go after my passion mm -hmm. and then serve my passion. If your passion happens to serve you and uh, turn you a profit, then congratulations. Right. But most of the time people are um, just one looking at what other people are doing and that's not the right thing to do. You have to think about what's important to me, what problem am I solving, right? Like with you guys, you guys came out and yes, you were talking about financial literacy, but you were presenting it in a more digestible manner. You knew that you that like the culture needed to hear financial literacy from a different perspective. And so just thinking about okay, what what is the market missing? What can I add? What's important to me? Answer all of those questions and then say, okay, I'm going to first do this one thing because that's important. One thing is <laughs> important because people will say, I wanna do real estate, I want to start t-shirts, I want to you know, do a sock line and they will try to do everything at one time. You can do that. So I think the first thing is becoming very clear on what is that first thing that you're gonna put out um, that's going to, Either be your your passion if Mm -hmm. it turns a profit. If and this is my opinion, you guys can say what you think. Yeah, I I think that people should go after it. Should be what's important to them. But I think that you should figure out how can you make an impact while making a profit to then do all the things that you know make you feel all gushy inside. (laughs) So, what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I, I I was told like if it doesn't make profit and it's not your passion, like then you're just having a hobby,
1: right?
0: It's something that you like to do, but it's not something that you necessarily should be doing, right? You're not passionate about it. You gotta find out, how can I add value, right? Once I have those things, all right, this is my passion, I've added value. Now what, like I gotta come up with a business name or something like that? What's what's the next thing I'm gonna do?
2: So after you figure out and you're very clear on what product or service you're going to offer, the next thing that you have to consider is your name. Okay. So your business name is going to be everything, right? Because this is what people are one, going to refer you, um, refer to you as, as well as thinking about and considering what does that mean in the future? How will that affect funding? Like a lot of people um, are denied regularly for loans or any type of line of credit because they may put investments or real estate in their name. Hmm. Lenders are like, no, that's risky. Right, if you put that you, um, I don't know, you do anything risky, the the bank is gonna be like, no, I'm not approving that loan because guess what? I don't know if I'm gonna get my money back. And that's the only thing that any lender or investor cares about. How am I going to get my money back? So you have to think about a name that one, represents your brand and two, is not gonna mess you up with lenders.
3: Let let's talk let's get right into this conversation of names since you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, first, you also want to make sure you have a name that is original and not trademarked, right? Yes. So how can you search that to know if the name is actually something that you're not gonna get sued for because somebody else is already using.
2: So before starting any business or putting out any slogans, um, you have to make sure that it's not already in use. If another business already has it trademarked, then you have to consider, the fact that you probably can't use it. Mm. And so you wanna go on the USPTO's website and search to confirm to see if that name is available. Okay, so that is like step one. Or step two, because you want to check your LLCs, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Yeah. Right? But you want to make sure that I, the, the point is that you want to make sure that you're not infringing on someone else's business. You don't want to sit down and create products and packaging and create an entire brand and you're ranting and raving about it for you to just receive a cease and desist letter from another business because you're infringing on, you know, mm-hmm. their brand. So...
0: Yeah. A lot of times people just come out with things and put it on their product and then you get the cease and desist letter. But also one of those things you got to look at is what the actual slogan is or the name is being used for because yes. there's different categories, right? It's it could be for categories. media, it could be for clothing, it could be for food, it could be for educational purposes. So like, you got to make sure you look at all those things.
2: Yep. Because, and I, and I, um, I actually got this information very early on from the biz lawyer. She does all of my, she does all of my trademarks. Mm-hmm. And so she had to break it down to me. She's like, cause when I first tried to do Miss Business, there was like all these different categories and I'm like, well, I wanna do this and I wanna trademarked in this oh. category and that category. <laughs> and so I actually um, got an office action because there was someone else in education. We fought it and I own this business now. However, um, it's so important to understand. I um, mean, and there's all, she gives an example where it's like you have Pandora music, but then you have Pandora jewelry, right? So those are two different categories, but What's happening is that you can literally um have businesses with the same name mm-hmm. but just in two different categories because it's all about what a consumer can um identify as your brand. So no one's going to like think that Pandora music is Pandora jewelry, right? It's two different things. So we have to uh That's we a good have example. to think <laughs> That's an amazing example when she uh, right, yeah, when it. she talked about that. I was like Oh wow, you're yeah. right.
3: Unless, but that's why also if you can get trademarks, because you never know, you might want to start at one thing and then go to another mm-hmm. thing later on. Where you not you you might start as a clothing line, and you thinking that's only going to start as a clothing line, but using references, Griselda, mm-hmm. shout out to Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun and Conway. You up on them? I'm not. You've heard of them?
2: I yes, yes, yes. Right. I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't do that? I know, no, no, still I know, That's still New I know York. Who no, 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 I know who they are. I know who they are, yeah. and I like their music. But to be honest with you, I just listened to Beyonce and Jay Z. <laughs> okay, okay. Real safe,
3: Brooklyn. She's from,
0: she from Brooklyn. By I'm the way. From Brooklyn. <laughs> safe bet. Safe
3: bet. But I, I use them because they started as a fashion line. So even their drop is like Griselda Fashion Rebels. But obviously now they're in music. So oh. I don't necessarily know If that was the original plan To go to music But let's say that That wasn't the original plan They started as a fashion Clothing company But now they're a music company mm-hmm. So I say that to say It's good to kind of Trademark as many Different things as possible mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. You, you never know Where your business Is going to take and you And
2: being able to look Into the future too Sometimes we're thinking Too small Yeah So to your point It's like and figure out what your gateway is going to be to get into different industries. So it looks like they reversed it. And that's why I was so shocked to know that they first got into fashion, then went to music, because yeah. most people go into music, music then go into fashion, fashion. Yeah. right? We- so it's look it looked like they said, you know what, we're going to do fashion and then we're going to go into music because maybe they felt that it was a good marketing strategy. Yeah. But sometimes just kind of figuring out like what's going to be your conduit to get to the masses is important. And you want to make sure that you're Protecting yourself at every aspect. Yeah.
0: There, there was these two guys from Greenberg that had a slogan uh, that had assets, low li- liabilities on uh-huh. their shirts. Mm-hmm. They started as clothing <laughs> and ended up as a TV show. <laughs> Shout out to folks I- <laughs> <laughs> You might know. <laughs> you might know
2: yeah. them, or you may not.
0: <laughs> also, this is true too, right? Not only trademarking the category, but trademarking the the place you are, like location. So, like having a trademark in the United States doesn't mean that. It's trademarked in Europe, and Asia. Let's talk about that.
2: Let's talk about that, right? Because um, a trademark is federal, right? So federal meaning that it's going to cover you throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, that does not cover other countries. And are we going to get to LLCs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to just... do that, we're going to we're going to give it all But away. yeah, so like LLCs as an example, we could go back into it, but LLCs is more so going, um, is more so registering on the state level, mm. right? And then people will always ask me about, let's say like a DBA, that's registering on the county level, right? So you have to be careful and understand what you're protecting and at what level you're protecting. Because if you, you know, someone can take your same name in a different state, and then start a business because you only you know register in that state but if you do your trademark that's going to protect you federally yeah. right so those I, and the, those the price isn't aren't that important. much
0: when you do like a LL, well llc's or trademarks it's like a, maybe a couple hundred dollars maybe a thousand dollars
2: unless you got to fight it but yeah, yeah it's yeah. not unless, that unless you <laughs> it's not that yeah, up. yeah. yeah it's in, not international
0: that. a little bit more
3: expensive obviously yeah, yeah definitely so let's talk about all right starting a, your business yourself or working with partners
0: This episode of Earn Your Leisure is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's is more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. Over the years, it's become a staple in our community. It's the place you're guaranteed to see teammates after a big game because everyone is headed to Mickey D's, win or lose. When I stop in for my morning breakfast of three hot cakes and a hash brown, seeing students using the Wi-Fi for their social media is all part of the routine. It's become the epicenter of the community. Whether it's gathering for a birthday party, and we've all been to a McDonald's birthday party, or the place that someone receives their first job, McDonald's grows with its patrons, which makes it the go-to place generation after generation. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.
2: (laughs) You know I'm the accountant, so I get all the information, right? So people have to consider what... Um, I like to say every time someone comes to me and they're asking, should I start a business by myself or should I get partners? Sometimes people are getting partners for the wrong reason. They're getting partners because they want someone to lean on when this person does not provide any sort of value to you at all. It's just someone that you can talk to. People want a therapist, <laughs> right? They want a therapist. They want someone that they can bring along on their journey. Um, so that way it can, um, you know, be, they, I guess, yeah, they can have a partner. They can have that's somebody sold. to go along, so you shoulder to shoulder. You I said, a shoulder to lean as I said, a therapist. <laughs> but business is so, a business is so com- complicated and there's so many decisions that's going to be made that you want to make sure that if you are partnering with someone that, They are of benefit to the business. And so there's so many different ways when you have partners. Everyone doesn't have to be in the forefront. You may have someone that is a partner for you, but it may be on a monetary perspective, right? You may need their capital. Mm -hmm. Or you may need someone that um, they may have the knowledge. You may have the capital. You may have the time, they may have the capital. But let's say both of you have the capital, but nobody has the knowledge. What are you doing, right? You know, and so I've seen so many partnerships um, come together and then dissolve. Like I've literally had um, people form an entity with me and then on the phone because they could not get things together, dissolve the company right on the phone with me. Like, you know what? Let's just dissolve this. And that's because they did not do their due diligence up front and they were just trying so desperately to make it work. Um, Guard your ideas. I find that sometimes there's usually a group of people in a room and they're just like, Hey, yeah, I want to start this business. You want to start it with me? It's like, who makes this person qualified to start a business with you? And so that's the first thing that you have to do really figure out what, um, asset is this, is this, (laughs) is this partner going to be an asset or are they going to be a liability? And so figuring that out and what they bring to the table is going to be extremely important. Then deciding based on their value in the business, what ownership percentage do they have? Do they, does that automatically entitle them to 50% of your business? Did you already have a concept already proven? Have you already did all the research? What exactly are they coming with? They may only need 25%. They may need 10%. They may need 50% you really need to consider if you're giving away 51% because that's control, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) These are are real conversations. These
2: are real conversations that people are not having. And as we move into this space where there's so many entrepreneurs, um, that's kind of like how Miss Business started because I was looking around at the time I was in corporate and I'm looking around and everybody's having the conversation about, oh, we're going to get this money. We're going to get this money. We're going to get this money. I'm like, whoa, hold up. What about taxes, right? And so now what I'm sitting back and I'm looking at is... COVID happened. Everybody has some time. You guys educate in the world on what's possible. <laughs> and now everyone knows what their options are. However, no one has that blueprint or someone to be like, listen, this is you know, what you need to do. So there's a ton of LLCs being created, but not a ton of profitable businesses. And as I say, I'm on the accounting side. So I I know everything, right? Like who's profiting, who's not, who's, you know, doing business for free, you know, who can't get it together. And so it really is, um, you know, a lot of, things that we have to also pay attention to if we are going to start these businesses as well as be profitable. So Yeah, so you said LLCs, you can do that by yourself, right? You can definitely form your LLC by yourself. And you, you can also do it with partners. Yeah, you can definitely form an LLC if you have partners.
0: So what's that process like?
2: So you definitely, okay, so there's a two-step process when you're forming an LLC. As I mentioned, an LLC is when you are forming your business on the state level. So you have to register your Articles of Organization with your Secretary of State on, and as I mentioned, that's on the state level. You then need to apply for your EIN number. So your EIN number is federal, that's done with the IRS. You have to do both. And it's best if you do both around the same time, because December, So many people will rush and be like, oh, my God, like, I have an articles, but now I need an EIN. Mm -hmm. And it's like some people now don't have their EIN until 2022. That's like the tax identification. Yeah, that's their tax. So that's your employer identification number.
3: That's like your your social security number. That's
2: what I call it. It's like your social security number for your business. Mm -hmm. So going forward. You're no longer providing your name and social, you're providing your business name that you formed with the estate, mm-hmm. and then you are going to provide your EIN that you uh, formed with the IRS.
3: So, all right, let's get into this conversation since we're talking yes. about this. LLC, what's the difference between an LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, like there's different ways you can form the business Yes. with some pros and cons and yeah, talk about that.
2: Perfect. So let's talk about um, when you're registering, you have to consider just like you're just like choosing a partner. You have to decide what entity type you are going to choose, because it's more than like the same process. with registering your LLC. If you decide to be a corporation, then you would register your corporation with the secretary of state as well. But one thing that you have to consider is if you choose an LLC, that's telling the IRS that you want to be taxed as an LLC. If you choose a corporation, that's telling the IRS that you want to be taxed as a corporation. So the difference between all of, um, let's say, let's start with LLCs, because that's the popular entity, mm-hmm. as I call it. Um,
3: limited liability.
2: Co- limited liability company. Company, mm-hmm. right? Limited liability company. And um, an LLC is not a tax structure. An LLC is a legal structure. So what that means is that if you form an LLC, it does not allow you to write off anything additional than if you were operating as a sole proprietorship, meaning that you did not register your business. So the reason why um, as an LLC, you can write off the same thing. So I have so many people that come to me all the time and they'll say, I want to start a business and I want to start an LLC because I want to be able to write these things off. You I mean, can write it off. <laughs> you can still write it off if you're operating as a sole proprietorship. Um, the big benefit with an LLC is that it protects you against liability. So if you are, um, if someone were to sue you, they and you're operating as a sole proprietorship, then now your personal assets, your home, your stocks. I know you guys, you know, have everybody invested. <laughs> you guys have everyone <laughs> invested in stocks, yeah. but these are. These are assets. And so if you decide today to start a business and then someone sues you, they will now all of your assets, um, you know, your cash, your, your personal, your home, your primary residence, um, your stocks, that will now all be at liberty in that lawsuit because there's no separation between you and the business as a sole proprietorship. But if you're an LLC, then what happens is if you are sued, then they're just suing the business. They're not necessarily suing you. Okay, so that is something to consider. Now from the tax side of things, with a sole proprietorship or an LLC, what happens is that you have to worry about self-employment tax. So now when you're getting taxed, you're worried about your your income tax on the federal side, your income tax on the state side, and then you also have self-employment tax, which is about 15.3% additional on top of that. And to drive it home to people, I always say, would you allow somebody to walk up to you and just say, let me get 15.3% of your business? You would look at them like they're crazy, but because it's the IRS, most people are not questioning it because they're afraid to actually, well, one, I think they're afraid, but then I also think that people don't understand taxes. So they'll just say, you know what? I'm gonna just like, yeah. I'm gonna just pay whatever and not really looking at exactly what's, um, what's due. So, I mean, what, what's um, the taxes are made up of, right? And so that 15.3% is a lot. It's a lot. So that's what you're looking at. And so that's pretty much a con of an LLC, right? That's a con because you have to pay that additional uh, 15.3%. Now let's talk about a corporation. So corporations uh, does have a a pro of it, depending on how much money you make. A pro of a corporation is that there's a flat tax, 21% for a corporation. However, However, you have to consider double taxation. So now that's the con. The con with double taxation is that you have to pay taxes on the business side. that 21%. Mm -hmm. But then profits then have to be distributed to the shareholders. Ie, If it's just you as the owner, then you would be that shareholder and then profits will need to be distributed to you. So you have to consider that as well. And so it's very... And you know, I like to just talk about, let's say Apple. With Apple, Apple is paying taxes at the business level and then they distribute out the dividends to all of the shareholders. The dividends then have to be reported on the personal tax return. And then from there, you then have to pay tax on it again. Right, so that's pretty much how it works when you have a corporation. And a lot of people will form corporations either if they're grossing a lot of money or if it's a situation where they may have investors or they wanna go public. Um, Situations and scenarios like that will require you to be operating as a um, as a corporation versus an LLC. In,
0: in that example that you just gave, but the mm-hmm. the dividend payment, what what tax rate is that on? Does it matter how long you held the position? Is it short term, or is it like a flat tax? Short term capital gains, long term capital gains.
2: Short term and long term are, are taxed differently. Okay. So short term capital gains, meaning less than one year, mm-hmm. is. Is taxed at um, your ordinary income tax rate. So just as though you were working at a job, you have those. Um, you base it's going to be based on a bracket, right? Long term, it's also based on a bracket. However, the brackets are much larger. So as an example, if you are married filing joint um, and you have, let's say, married filing joint and you have long short term capital gains. From about zero to about forty thousand, you have like zero capital gains in short term. No, sorry, ten percent capital gains. But if you are married, filing joint with long term capital gains, and let's say you profited forty thousand dollars, you would have no tax, no tax liability. It would be zero. So the idea, as we always talk about, is that the tax code is a series of incentives. The government wants you to keep your money in the stock market longer because it's driving the economy. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're going to reward you having your um, your money in sitting in the stock market a lot, you know, a lot longer. So mm-hmm. if you want to like be in and out of trades on a daily, then they're like, OK, well, that we're going to tax that as earned income. So that's something to think about. Yeah.
3: All right. So. All right. Um, let's talk about C Corp, S Corp. So the C Corp, you got to put yourself on salary, right?
2: Yes. C Corp, you have to put yourself on salary as well as an S Corp.
3: Okay. And so the benefit, the main benefit with the C-Corp and the S-Corp as opposed to the LLC is that you save money in taxes, correct?
2: All right. So it depends. It depends on the C-Corp. So C-Corp, you really start to um, save on taxes if you're making, I want to say anything over, let's say like three or $400,000, right? Now you are saving because what happens on the individual side is that tax rate is at like 40%. So if I can just pay a flat rate of let's say twenty one percent, it gets very complicated, right? With a with a corporation, but there are instances with a corporation where you are saving significantly more if you are profiting more because you know with a corporation you may have different things that you need to set money aside for for future use, and it's it gets a little complicated, more mm. tax planning stuff. Um, but a corporation out the gate. Unless you are, I do have some clients that start businesses and they are like, listen, I have these big contracts waiting for me, but it may make sense for you to either start out as an LLC or an S Corp.
3: You can always change, right?
2: If you start out, so. As an
3: LLC, you can always change.
2: If you are an LLC, you can always elect to be taxed as an S Corp. Um, Or you can elect to be taxed as a corporation. What about
3: a DBA? What's a DBA?
2: So a DBA just means that you're doing business as. So that means if you, let's say you didn't register your business and you wanted to just file a DBA, you're saying, all right, well, I'm operating a business and this is what I'm doing business as. You also have an option if you're an LLC to, sorry, if you're an LLC to say, I i said that my business name is earn your leisure but we want to go by assets over liabilities so we'll be doing business as assets over liabilities so
0: so in the llc now you said the difference obviously in the, the corpse as corpse c corp is yet you got to pay yourself a salary and you so do. when you pay yourself a salary now that's when you can have set by iras and 401ks as opposed to llc is that correct or no
2: um no so you can have
0: it in the
3: LLC? No. yeah
2: you can have it in the llc so Let's just talk about S-Corps because everyone loves S-Corps now. So let me just break S-Corps down a little bit. So with an S-Corp, you do have two main requirements. One is to pay yourself a salary and the other is to file your taxes every single year. Um, With paying yourself a salary, what happens, as I mentioned before, you... Um, we'll go. You'll have well. What I mentioned before with the LLC is that you on a hundred thousand dollars, you still have to worry about that self employment tax. With an S corp, you don't have to worry about the self employment tax on your total profit. What happens is self employment tax is really made up of social uh, social security tax and Medicare tax. Hmm. So when you are an employee, if you look at your W two. You have so uh, social security tax and Medicare tax, but when you are the um, employee, you pay half and your employer pays half, so you guys are splitting it. But when you are the employer, you're required, you're responsible for paying one hundred percent, and that's how we get to that fifteen point three percent, right? And so now, when you're an S corp, your only requirement is to pay yourself a salary. So when you pay yourself a salary, you let's say and let's say it was $100,000 profit. And you may say, you know what, I'm gonna pay myself, the IRS just says that you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary. It's not like a specific number or percentage. So let's just say you say, you know what, I'm gonna pay myself $35,000. You go from paying that social security tax and Medicare tax on that whole 100,000 as a LLC or a sole proprietorship to only paying it on that $35,000 as an S-corp. So that's how you're able to save um, that's how you're able to save on the S Corp side.
3: So, okay. So let's talk about um, registering a business. So what is the process you have? Okay, you, you got the trademark. Um, what is the process of actually doing the business registration?
2: So the things that you want to make sure that you have when you're registering your business is, again, you want to make sure that you have your business name. Um, on, the, on every state's website, they have... Um, a function for you to check to see if your name is already taken. So you wanna make sure that um, your name is available. So after determining if your name is available, the things that you'll need to consider and think about is your address, right? Like So that's one thing. What is going to be your business address? Along with your name, another way to get denied for funding is the address. So if you're putting your personal home address as your business address, Um, there's instances where lenders will deny you because they're going to do a quick search and your house is gonna pop up on Google Maps, Mm. right? And so that has to be considered. What's going to be your business address? I suggest getting a virtual address if you do not have um, an address. Virtual addresses are perfect and you can utilize them in so many different ways. Like when I first started my company, I was working from home and I had a virtual address. It was on Fifth Avenue. I had to, you get an option to choose. So I was like, oh, put me on Fifth Avenue in the city. And so I'm in this big high rise in Manhattan in the city. And then um, they also, with virtual offices, they'll have different options. So they'll have one option where they can, you can just use their address, or they have other options where they can act as like your receptionist. So they'll pick up the phone and they'll, you know, just say hi. Brooks Alliance. Right. And so people were like, Oh, can I speak to Shaquana? And then they'll transfer it to my cell phone. Mm -hmm. Right. So nobody knew, but I needed that virtual address when I first started, when I was registering my business, because I knew going into it, I wanted to build business credit. And so, because I knew that I wanted to build business credit, I had to make sure that I, you know, did all the things that I needed to do. And one of those was making sure that um, I wasn't using my home address. So that's the next thing that you have to think about. Um, After that, you have to think about who is going to act as your registered agent. As a registered, a registered agent, just pretty much means who's gonna be served. If somebody comes to sue you, who's going to be served? And you have to think about um, with a registered agent, there are requirements. The space needs to be open during regular business hours, there needs to be somebody that they could technically come and serve. Um, and so you have to think about that. Are you are you and your? Do you want people rolling up to your home address to serve, to serve you? And you have to think about that. All of this information is public, right? And so you may not want the entire world to be able to you know see you know where you live. And depending on the state, not all states they'll make your address public, um, but the register agent address is public. So you have to think about that, right? So with the register agent. Um, so with the registered agent address um, you have to think about do you want to be the you know the registered agent or do you want to hire a registered agent right to act to get served on your behalf Um, keep in mind no you do not need to be there if you put them down as your registered agent and someone comes to serve you then they are still serving you because that's who you um, put down as your registered agent um and outside of that it's just really your name your business address, your yeah. registered agent. Um, make sure you file. Uh, you know you have to pay filing fees, and most states, ninety percent of them, you can do this all electronically. Um, some days, so most some states have like you know a waiting process. Other states, it'll, it's automatic. Um, but the idea is that you can do it online. It's not like somewhere that you have to go to yeah. to get it done.
0: One of the things you said inside of creating that that, that business, we got the name, but you said the operating agreement is one of those things that you have to have. So I want to make sure everybody understands like what needs to be inside of the operating agreement when it's created. So what is the operating agreement?
2: Okay. yes. So after you register your business, then you have your EIN. Now you have to think about those supporting documents. Those documents that's going to um, dictate what happens in the business. Again, there has to be a lot of thought put into a business before the business starts. Um, And most people don't do this. So in an operating agreement, it's to make it very simple, it's the rules of the business. This is where you detail out if there's multiple uh, owners, who, um, what ownership percentage each member has. Um, How how will the profits be split? Who's responsible? Who is the operating um, manager of the business? Who has access to the bank? Because when sometimes, most of the time if it's just one person or it's two people, they'll say, okay, everyone has access to the bank and that's fine. But what if you had a silent partner and they didn't necessarily need access to the bank? You have to detail all of these things out. And so really establishing at what point are you going to share those profits? At, you know, Is it a specific date? Is it at a specific time? Do you wanna create a lockup period, meaning that you all can't touch the money at all up until a certain period who's going to be responsible for distributing out these funds all of those things have to be detailed out and i like to say when you are kind of walking through your business plan and you're thinking about it um because everyone should have a business plan but you know and so (laughs) when you (laughs) yes so when you are walking through your business plan you have to think about who's going to be responsible for this who's going to be responsible you know like Who's your accountant? Do you have someone in your business? Like is, you know, one of your partners, are they really good at bookkeeping? Are you going to hire someone that's doing bookkeeping? Are they going? Is that a part of their role? Because what a lot of people don't know is let's say um, someone brings me into their business and they say, you know what, Miss um, Business, I just want you to like, I, I love your brand. I just want your brand to be associated with this business. And I also just want you to do the accounting. But then down the line, you sit me down and you're like, yeah, I want you to do marketing and I want you to work in a store too. That's out of the scope on what's in our operating agreement that I agreed to. Now, in theory, yes, it's my business. I should go as hard. You know, however, you can also say, all right, well, as a business, I, I, I mean, that's not what I signed up for, for this business. So I want to be paid additional. That's what's called guaranteed payment." so with those guaranteed payments that's you saying okay well i'm going like i'm going to be paid out of the business yes i'm an owner but i'm going to be paid additionally before you know these additional services and so you have to think about um up front, who's doing what and who is responsible for what especially in partnerships and when it's just you it's cool. Everything falls on you, right? You don't have anyone to answer to. But when you start needing to answer questions and you're being checked by people, it's good to be able to say, nope, this is the rules. This is what we said. This is what we agreed on because um, people are emotional, right? (laughs) So (laughs) people are emotional and emotions in business do not mix. Um, So they may say, oh, well, I'm in a bind. I need some money. So I want to take out some money from the business. No, no. We said that the money was locked up. It's a lockup. Nobody's taking any distributions for the first two years. That now makes it a personal problem and not a business problem. And we agreed on this, you know. And so I see a lot of partnerships dissolve a lot because no one took the time to say what the rules were in the beginning.
3: It's, it's key. <laughs> so um, as far as the EIN, you go on the government's website, you set the EIN up, mm-hmm. and that's like same-day turnaround, right?
2: Yeah, same-day turnaround. So there's um, there's two different ways you can apply for it. One is manually filling out a form and then faxing it over or mailing it over. Some people only have that option because sometimes, um, keep in mind... You have to make sure that your name and social matches the IRS record. So sometimes you're you are able to file it electronically, um, and that's like same day. You'll get your EIN same exact day. However, sometimes there'll be an error message because you're let's say someone got married, and the IRS may only have your you know your maiden name, and then you know you you now are trying to tell them that you know this is another name. They're like, nope, that doesn't match our records. Yeah, you have to like mail it in. So 90% of the time, with my experience, people are able to do it electronically. But Mm. sometimes you will have to um, complete that SS4 form and send it in.
3: And then, all right, so once you get the EIN number, now you can set the bank account up. You can't set the bank account up until you have the ein right
2: the ein and your articles so those are the and sometimes your operating agreement so some banks will require you to have your operating agreement your ein as well as your articles of of organization or incorporation if you're a corporation now
0: if you if you do it by yourself that's fine but if you have partners they also need to be with you at the bank to do this
2: um not necessarily not all banks and so that's important as well just um getting the communication to find out what the bank is looking for. So sometimes banks um, will allow just one of the partners to open up the bank account and then you can list out who else has sign-in authority, Um, but that's the thing. Banks um, will require your partners to sign, like who has sign-in authority on the um, bank account. But in terms of opening up the bank account, depending on the bank, most of the time, one person can go in and do it.
3: So since we're on the topic of banks, so. A, it's extremely important, right, for you to have money coming in and out of the business bank account. That's the whole point of setting up a bank. A lot of times, people running businesses and they just putting the money in their personal account, taking money out of their personal account,
2: commingling.
3: Why is that not? <laughs> why, why should? Why should they never
2: do that? Okay, so you shouldn't do that because now you have to realize you have established this business. You now have an EIN. That's a whole separate entity. You have to treat it as, that's that's like your friend. You wouldn't come and pay your friend's bills. You wouldn't, your friend wouldn't deposit all their money into your bank account. You have to treat your business as a separate entity. And so that's the first thing. First thing is just legally, you're just not supposed to do it, right? It's like at the end of the year, I have so many people who will say, yeah, I have an LLC and I have a bank account, but I don't use it and I ran everything under my personal. I'm like, okay, well, you are operating as a sole proprietorship. Because if in the event you're audited, the IRS is going to want to see your bank statements. Mm-hmm. And if you have no money coming in the bank statements, you have no expenses. What did you report? Where did this money come from? So now you're opening up a whole new can of worms because now they want to understand where's this money that you're reporting? Are you making this up? And you don't have any indication of your other business. Are you receiving money? So now... That is important, and I stress it so much um, to clients, but it is hard. It's a transition, and I think that is something that people just have to be um, cognizant of. When you start this business, you have to open up your business bank account and utilize your business. If it's a situation um, where a lot of people have an issue at is they're like, all right, well, I opened up this business bank account, but my business isn't making any money. So how am I supposed to buy supplies or how am I supposed to actually pay for things if I can't use my personal? Only thing you have to do is take money, transfer it from your personal over to your business that's not considered income, it's just considered a capital contribution into your business and you then need to um, pay for all of your expenses out of your business account.
3: With, with a debit card, so make sure you get a business debit card.
2: Business debit card. Or a credit card. Or a credit card. A business credit card um, as well. And So that is also a thing where people are like, oh my God, well, um, I just started this business and I don't have any business credit and they're not going to approve me. So that's not true. You can, especially with the bank that you're opening up the business bank account with, you can ask them, hey, I want to apply for a credit card. They may use your credit your personal credit to like, as a personal guarantee to make sure. Um, But if you have good personal credit, you can get approved for a business credit card. And just keep in mind that business credit card on a monthly basis is not going to report to your personal Um, to your personal report. It's only going to report to the business report, right? So it's kind of like using your personal credit as leverage to then build your business credit. Yeah.
0: So it's so one yeah. of the things you, you said is the foundation of your business is bookkeeping. And now that we're talking about bank accounts and keeping records, I think probably that's the best way to do it, right? And so yeah. what are some, some ways we can track our books or create our books? And what's, why is it the foundation of the business?
2: Bookkeeping is the foundation of a business um it is the um most looked over process in a business most people do not understand that you have to have bookkeeping in place in order to understand what money is coming in what money is going out some people have multiple streams of income one stream is just paying for the other stream they're not necessarily um understanding what's how they're profiting what's doing good what which months. Were they doing better in then another month? Why were they doing better in that particular month? And so bookkeeping is really the foundation. And for twenty twenty two, if you have a business, you will have a bookkeeping processes in place. Right? Th- can you guys tell them that they need to have bookkeeping Yo, listen, processes? Where we at? I'm
0: going go right here. Listen, <laughs> vitally important. Vitally important. Like you wanna know what your money is. Like you want I remember like like fifteen years ago, I would go out with him. And he would, like, we'd go out to dinner and he'd like, give me the receipt, give me the receipt, give me the receipt. And I'm like, yo, why does he keep taking the receipt? <laughs> and I realized later, like, he was tracking his books. He's like, yo, this is a, I'm this is my dinner. I'm taking this. I'm, I'm keeping books on myself. I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing. He's doing his own bookkeeping. Because you need to know where the money's going.
2: You need to understand where the money is going. And, again, the, it is so overlooked. And no one is thinking about, I need to tell. I mean, I need to understand where my money is, like, how much money is coming in are you operating some, you do not understand how many people i point out i'm like you know you're doing business for free you cannot afford to quit your job and then do business for free so that's many people don't understand that's
3: a fact yeah that's a fact but the thing about it is yeah when he was referring to like years ago i had um i used to keep white envelopes and i used to label them like um meals uh-huh. uh travel um, equipment. It was like seven different things that you can take deductions off of. And I would keep all my receipts. And I would put the receipts in each envelope that mm-hmm. it fit. And then at the end of the year, I would meticulously it took me forever but i would <laughs> go through every single one and, and track it and be like all right i spent five thousand dollars on food and everything that was my deductions for the year so that was a manual and obviously was a
2: manual process yeah. that we don't have to do anymore yeah, I so i mean listen <laughs> different things work for different people right however now we have so much technology so i use quickbooks with my clients so quickbooks has different um different levels of, you may have self-employed, as more complex as your business becomes, you have different options. I suggest getting like QuickBooks, um, QuickBooks Essentials at minimum because when you have QuickBooks, it does a few things. One, you're able to sync your bank accounts. So now it's not a situation where your business bank account, not your personal. I have so many people that come to me and their personal accounts are connected, personal credit cards are connected, their husband's accounts. I'm like, why is all this stuff in your business account? This is not business, right? And so your business account should be connected to QuickBooks. What happens is that your transactions are automatically syncing. You then go in and then you categorize all of your expenses saying, okay, this went here. Um, you know, this is meals, this is travel, this was supplies, this was repairs. And then what other feature QuickBooks have that I love because I'm bad. I'm not as organized as Rashad is with his <laughs> envelopes. So for me, I have receipts everywhere. They're in my purse, in my pocket, it they're everywhere. So to, for a solution for that, I started taking pictures of my receipts. Because even if you hold on to receipts, receipts crumble, they fade. And I feel like that's like, I felt set up. I'm like, well, I kept my gas receipt, but it's nothing on this receipt. And so what I started doing was taking pictures of the receipts. And QuickBooks allows you to attach the receipt to the transaction. So now you don't have to worry about, you know, keeping anything like on hand. And now it can be like a total, like virtual, you know, process. And so it's just like a total virtual process. And it does make a difference. Um, One, I have some clients who try to, you know, do it Excel and that's fine. Whatever works for you. I don't recommend it because as a business owner, you have enough hats to wear. The last thing that you need to do is come in every day to say this money came in. I spent this money on something that's already being recorded in your bank account anyway. So you have to get a system in place and that's important. So bookkeeping is the foundation. I tell clients and I go back to it all the time because even when it comes to filing your taxes, people don't understand that bookkeeping is really a requirement. They don't look at it as a requirement because um, the IRS isn't explicitly saying you need bookkeeping but what happens when you're audited? They need the following things. They're going to ask you for your bank statements. You cannot just provide receipts alone. You cannot just provide bank statements alone. So what they're going to look for is your bank statements. They're going to want receipts. They're also going to want your general ledger and your trial balance. And what your general ledger and trial balance is, which if you have QuickBooks, it'll be an easy download for you. Your general ledger is pretty much your detail of your transactions. So let's say if you say, you know what, I had $10,000 of um, of travel, that's gonna show that one line item shows up on your trial balance. Travel, let's say $10,000, mm-hmm. $10,000. Now in your general ledger, that's going to show all of the, like what makes up that $10,000. So the hotels, the flights, the meals while you were there. And so you have to think about it's really a requirement because if you're audited, the IRS wants all of those things. They want to know what made up that line item. You reported it on your tax. You reported $10,000 of travel. What makes that up? Okay, cool. You said you had some hotels. You had some flights. Okay. Um, where does that sh- where does that show up on your bank statement? You said the flight was $700. Where does the $700 show up on your bank statement? Okay, cool. It showed up on your bank statement. Still not enough. We still need to see the receipt. Right. So you need all of those things. And then a step further, it provides insight. You don't really know, as I mentioned, where you're profiting, you know, what's your profit margin. If you're doing business for free, if you need to increase your prices, you don't have that insight without having those numbers. And then final step, I can't tax plan for clients that do not have bookkeeping. Because if I don't, if you don't know where you are i can't help you because i can't tell you what adjustments need to be made because you don't know where you are so without having that foundation it's like it's so bad for your business
0: word, word of the wise you know, i would say if you're on quickbooks if you're not check every month right because oh, yeah. when it gets to like november and you're <laughs> looking at uncategorized purchases in february it's going to be tough to remember so i would suggest looking mm-hmm. every month also go through your pictures that that helps a lot. So like, if you go through your pictures and you like, wait, February fifth, where was I? Oh wait, I was here. I was in Miami. Oh, we had dinner. Oh, it kind of okay. helps you with that as well.
2: Okay, that's your strategy. It that's how a, you answer those uncategorized transactions for me.
0: That, that's exactly how <laughs> I do it. Um, yeah, but that, it helps because I'm like, oh wait, that we were there. Now I can explain this. Part. This makes sense. So it falls in line. So at that's what a point
2: strategy should Troy? we?
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, at what point should we say, you know, I can do this myself. I need to hire somebody to do my my QuickBooks.
2: Two things that you have to consider. You have to consider your capacity, you have to understand the person that you are. So, what I mean by that is, what is your capacity? When you first start out in your business, you are going to be wearing 9 million different hats. So, you are in marketing, you are in finance, you are the CEO, you're in production, you're in shipping, you, you're everywhere, right? And so, you have to consider as your business um, starts and it grows. What stays with you versus what you can outsource because where you put your energy, that's where it's going to pretty much flow. And so, if you're putting your energy into bookkeeping, your finances may be right, but guess what? Your marketing may not be, or your you know, the operations of the business may not be. So, you have to understand what's pulling you away, and people underestimate um bookkeeping in terms of the amount of time that it takes in order to be organized, and so. It's so important to just consider that, right? First thing you have to yeah. consider is, okay, do I need to be doing this or should I be hiring somebody to do this, yeah. right? Every
0: time I get the email, I'm thinking that. <laughs> Shout out to Danny. So <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me ask
3: you Yes. Let's, let's switch topics for a minute because this is something that a lot of people want to know. Um, how to buy assets in your business name?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What's, the, what's the deal with that?
2: So buying assets in your business name you have to make sure so first thing that you need in order to buy assets in your business name is a business bank account (laughs) right Foundation, and this is what I am stressing um, going forward. I used to be so nice, like, oh no, you know, made people feel like it was an option. It's not an option. If you're gonna thrive and you're gonna make this decision to be a business owner, you have to do what you need to do. Um, So now buying business in your, I mean, buying assets in your business name is, um, it's amazing, right? And I love it because it's more so shifting what would typically be a personal expense and then shifting it over into your business. And so whenever you have, not whenever, but most of the time when you have an asset, you have some sort of, you know, interest because you have a loan. Um, You can, um, if it's personal, let's just use a, let's use a um, a vehicle, right? Because everyone loves to write off a vehicle. They remember, they remember the 6,000 pound rule, right? That was, that was actually about a year ago. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk about a vehicle. Typically, it would be your personal vehicle. You'll be paying your car note or your lease, your insurance, your registration, your repairs, um, your maintenance. Everything. If you're paying it on your personal side, it would just be coming out of your your personal checking account or credit card. Um, but if it's a now a business expense what happens is that now you're able to write those things off and so everyone wants to do it but now let's talk about how you can do it so the first thing that you want to make sure of is that you have your business bank account because lenders again when you go to a lender the only thing they want to know is how are you going to pay them back Mm -hmm. so they want to make sure that you have money coming into your account They want to make sure that you have money going out of your account, right? And then what, not make sure that you have money going out of your account, but see what you're spending money on when it's going out of your account. And so that's pretty much their way to analyze what's happening. Another thing that they are going to want to see are your taxes. So they want to make sure that you can, again, afford to pay them back. So what exactly did you report? they will also wanna see a current profit and loss statement. So let's just say um, right now it's January, 2022, the last tax return that was filed was 2020, right? We're gearing up to file 2021 you may say to them, hey, yeah, I have my 2020 taxes. They're gonna say, okay, well, I need a profit and loss bookkeeping. I need a profit and loss statement um, and a balance sheet. So that way, yeah, so that way they wanna see those financials so that way they can see what activity happened in 2021. Because they still need to make sure that you didn't dissolve the business or, you know, you for whatever reason, it isn't operating the same. And so they're going to pretty much want an update. So those things are going to be extremely um, important. In some cases, when you um, are buying an asset in your business name, you also want to consider the... um, you also want to consider if you have to be like a personal guarantee uh, I'm sorry personal guarantor to the loan or if it's something you know your business can handle it and so you have to think about all those things and that's pretty much the things that you're gonna they're gonna look at
0: so I mean when you have to be a personal guarantor that has to do with how old or how long you've been in business right so at one point cuz a lot of people saying you know what I heard that rule I got a business I just opened it I'm gonna go use my business (laughs) to get this card. But there's, yes. there's a time frame that you there's need a to time have, frame. do business for it.
2: Yes, and every lender has a different time frame. But typically what I see is that they're looking for you to be in business for three years or more. Um, and they would be looking for um, at minimum one year of tax returns, but in most cases they'll ask for two years of tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course like your most like six months of bank statements because they wanna see, they wanna get a full picture mm-hmm. of what's happening.
3: So and then the financial statements, P and L, people hear about like P and L a lot. Like what is P and L and what is you know, what's the importance of having profit and loss statements, financial statements?
2: Yes. So financial statements are very important because it tells the story of your business. I tell clients all the time, I really don't have to have a conversation with you. If I take a look at your financials, I can kind of see exactly what's happening, right? Because you'll start to see like a cause and effect. As an an example, you may be doing more marketing in this particular month and your sales are going to be up. Um, Now with a profit and loss statement, that is really just the statement that captures your revenue and your expenses. Uh, So that's important because you need to understand how much your business is profiting um that's going to tell and that is like the most that is the number one financial statement requested by lenders um on a consistent basis i think my office phone rings on a daily because people are like i'm going for a house of they want a profit and loss statement i'm going for you know some equipment and they want a profit and loss statement um that's because they want to know are you profiting that's typically what that state, that's what that statement is telling uh, lenders. Are you profiting or are you operating at a loss? So it's going to report your revenue, your money in and your money out, your expenses. Now your balance sheet, the balance sheet is not talked about enough, but it is very important and also important to lenders because you could be making a profit. Um, and I know you guys talk about this in terms of health of companies and, you know, on market Mondays. Um, the balance sheet is an important statement as well. Because when you are con- looking at, you need to know how much cash. Like lenders want to know how much cash do you have in the bank? Investors may want to know, right? It's not only lenders. If you are going to someone saying that you want them to invest in your business, they are going to want to know how much cash do you have in your bank? How much liability do you have? These assets over liabilities. You guys are really like the balance sheet, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you think of?
3: It's, an account- yes. it's, it's actually an accountant's uh, slogan.
2: Yes, it is.
3: That everybody that sees it, they like, are you an accountant? Are you an accountant? Because <laughs> nobody ever really, you know, ever thought about like... Put- but the ironic thing about that is that when I came up with the idea of assets over liabilities, I didn't necessarily know that that was so popular in the accounting world. Oh, yeah. I just thought that that was a good slogan. But it mm-hmm. is. Like yeah, a it's a very, like it's what an, we
2: go by. It's an accounting term,
3: but it's so crazy that that's been, <laughs> nobody ever thought about putting it out there like that. Like nope. You know? But every time somebody always says, are you an accountant." Oh, you're an this, accountant. i like, yep. feel like it's like an underworld society, like because <laughs> they're accountants.
2: Yeah, because that's what shows up on the balance sheet: your assets, so your cash, your stocks, your uh real estate. If you have, if you know, you're in the business of real estate. Um, what else? Your bonds your accounts receivable. So if anybody owes you money, right, that's, what's going to sit under your asset section, your liability section. If you owe somebody, the banks want to know I'm giving this person money. Who else do they owe? Um, so that's important because if you have high revenue, but then you have high liability, technically, you know, you may be operating at a loss almost, right? If you pay these people back. Um, another thing that, um, Everyone is always so crazy about you know people's net worth. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how you calculate somebody's net worth. You take their assets, you minus their liabilities. Um, you also are going to take in you know to consideration um, their equity, and then that's how you get to the, the net um, their net worth. And so, yep. All right, so when
0: we spoke about personal guarantor, that speaks to not having business credit. And so how does one build business credit if we just started our business? Like, what's the process or some steps we can take?
2: So steps that you can take when first starting a business, as we spoke about um, before, is that, one, you can leverage your personal credit to then help you build your business credit. Mm -hmm. So acting as that personal guarantor for your business credit cards for line of credits. Um, that is, that is like the easiest way, um, to get approved. Um, starting out before you establish any sort of business credit. The second uh, thing that you want to do is, uh, start some trade lines. So, those tier one trade lines like Quill and Staples and you know gas cards, those are really good ways to start building your credit, your business credit. You want to make sure that um, whomever you're building trade lines with, and it's pretty much you. What you'll do is create like net thirty accounts or net sixty accounts, and what that really just what that means is that they're going to supply you a product, and then you're going to pay them but um you know within 30 days right once you pay them within 30 days they will then report that to um duns and bradstreet right and so that's important because just like with your personal credit you want to build up that history when starting out i would order stuff from quill all the time because i needed i needed to build my business credit i didn't need all those supplies Mm. i would like have like big dish detergent (laughs) in my house right but i did it because yeah it came in a bigger bulk but it was something that i was going to use anyway so instead of going to you know a local store to buy it i just ordered it there and they were able to report to my um to duns and bradstreet that i was making those payments on time so
3: there you have it so that's a whole lot of game. we can keep (laughs) going on and on and on we can what you know (laughs) so let me ask you this switching gears Because, you know, when you go to business school, and one of the things that people always ask about is like, how do I put together a business plan? What happens is that nobody really ever puts together a business plan. (laughs) One of the reasons why they actually end up failing in business, and most of the time, most businesses fail because they're not properly prepared. All of this stuff that we talked about, but this is only like the chip of the iceberg. There's so much stuff. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, if you don't come from a situation where the business is passed down to you or you have a level of mentorship. You just start in a business. Most of us just start businesses. Um, you're just learning, but the learning curve can take you out of business if you're not successful enough. Yes. So that's something that's vitally important. It's like, this is one of the most important episodes because it's like the information that you have can make a break. If your business is going to survive or not. And that can, yes. Who knows? Your business could be a million dollar business, multi million dollar business, a billion dollar business. But if it never actually gets a chance to get to that point, it's going to be a failure. That's so, a so you decided to actually put all of your years and expertise together and create an educational portal. So, what made you get into the educational component?
2: So, I got into the educational uh, space because, as I mentioned, as the accountant. Um, I see a lot of things. I have access to everything. And what I realized is that so many people were starting businesses, but a lot of people were not operating successful businesses. And it wasn't, as you mentioned, it wasn't because they didn't have million dollar and billion dollar ideas we see the most basic things become billion dollar ideas. And it's not because they don't have great ideas, but the execution isn't there. The resources isn't there. The, um, the understanding of what's necessary to actually build a business. I had, you know, the opportunity of being a part of a small business since I was six years old, mm. right? So, for me, I got that small business side and just really understanding like what it took to start a business and then going corporate understanding what corporations were doing to operate their business their business. And so I love business. If it's one thing, I just love business. Like I that's going to be my thing forever. And so I wanted to get into the education educational space because I knew that people didn't understand how to operate businesses. And so it's cool that everybody's starting a business, but I want everybody to actually uh, create and operate sustainable businesses that they're profiting and they're able to build you know, this generational wealth because most of the time that is the, the, the foundation one you first have to get the money in. Mm-hmm. So now that you get the money in, in your business, then you can take it and invest it and you know, then take it um, you know, to that next level. And so it's important. We are no longer in 2022 and beyond. Um, 2022 is year of the bosses, right? We are bossing up. We are doing the things that we need to do. And I wanted to just be that person, very similar to how it was with taxes. I'm like, yeah, nobody's talking about taxes. We have to make it a part of the conversation. And so now I'm like, we have to make business like real business a part of the conversation
3: so, so you came up with the business blueprint what, what is the business blueprint
2: the business blueprint is pretty much taking your idea and helping you execute it so inside of the business blueprint we're going through deciding your business name um marketing funding uh we're also talking about dissolving your business taxes financial statements bookkeeping um hiring payroll, HR, we're talking about everything, buying assets in your business name. And the best thing about it is that I've brought ex- experts in to talk about so many of these topics. Like, yes, I took care of the, you know, the business stuff and the tax thing. When it came to like, you know, we have an HR expert, you know, we have, we have so many people in this course and, you might they know were needed them. <laughs> you you know a lot of them yeah. you know a lot now, of people. you know it's very
3: similar to like when i said matt he created the encyclopedia for real estate with the home buyers blueprint and when i got a chance to just check out the um blueprint that you created for business and i had never seen anything like it as far as you know i just wrote down some notes where you have the execution contracts trademarks going over business credit business insurance um budgeting taxes marketing hiring payroll retirement Um, it's like, you know, being, when I was in the financial advising world, you know, people used to pay to get business plans put together and that business plans, anywhere from like 2000 to $5,000 for a good business plan for somebody to like put it together for you. So I had never seen anything and that's just the business plan. That's not really the retirement part Mm -hmm. of it. That's not the payroll. That's not all of the different stuff. So it's literally the only equivalent I could really give is like going to college. It's like going to college. Like if you could wrap four years of business school together and
2: it's like getting your MBA, this you is like the MBA for small business. Nah, owners. No, nah, <laughs>
3: it, nah, it definitely is. It's, it's, it's an online MBA program for sure. Um, without, you know, actually having to go for four years, so four
2: years, yes. paying a hundred thousand
3: dollars <laughs> and taking out student loans and things of that nature. And you also have a workbook attached to it. So, that's like really academic. So talk about <laughs>
0: this is a real academia.
3: talk about the workbook.
2: I was not doing this course without adding some sort of business plan and something that people can leave the course with. Um, as you mentioned, business plans can cost from $2,000 to $5,000, but they're just telling you, okay, well, this is how you get started. This is what you can look forward to, right? But it's not giving you um, those experts and making you really think through all of these different topics. Um, and so the workbook pretty much is going to be like a guide, a hand by, um, a side-by-side side, tool that can be used with the course. So as you're going through the course, you have to complete the workbook. So as you're completing the workbook, once you're done with the course, then guess what you have? You have a business plan, so you don't need to hire somebody to do your business plan because as you're getting all this information, you're now going to be able to write all the things down. You also have contacts like i made sure every single person that was in this course gave the blueprint so they gave the blueprint to their industry you now have those people as a resource so you don't have to worry about oh my god i want it like i need contracts who can i hire to get a contract nope you have their contact right and so that's worth more than that's eliminating mistakes yeah. no, no and mistakes plan. cost in business yeah,
0: no, no one plans to fail they just fail to plan so that, yes. that's pretty ill that you have an actual business plan when you complete the course
3: you also put together an all-star lineup where you have people talking from the car industry how to buy cars in your name you have people from the marketing industry talking about marketing you have the business lawyer Talking about you know the aspects of that as far as actually doing it right the legal way of course our good friend and our lawyer Sabine Shout contributed to, to it Connie Falls contributed to it and um, I contributed to it as about well to say, a guy yes.
2: we know. yeah <laughs> yeah you yeah, contributed it. to it as well yeah,
3: yeah I talked about some retirement planning talked about buy sell agreements and yeah I have a whole section in there so you know it's a, it's an amazing body of work and once again you know it's something that I don't want people to necessarily look past it because yeah, it's easy to go to like, okay, this is a course on how to make money on stocks. This is a course on how to do Forex With that's exciting. But it's like, if you're starting a business, literally, literally people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not, I'm not over exaggerating that. Like if you go to any top business school, that's how much you want to pay at least a couple hundred thousand dollars. And even bigger than that, not knowing the mistakes can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, who knows even a billion dollars if you, <laughs> if you, if you, if you, your business isn't successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to actually, like I said, to actually, you know, spend some time on the course and actually go through the course myself. I was just amazed that, you know, somebody can actually put together that much information. Like what we just did in this podcast was an hour. The course, I believe it's 15 hours. So imagine that like 15 <laughs> times what a, what a workbook. Um, so, Thank you for putting that together, first and foremost.
2: You're welcome.
3: And then also in true EYL fashion, you know, anybody that has a course, because I invest in my education all the time, but one of the, you know, prerequisites for anybody that comes on that has a course, we always, you know, ask if, if they would do a, a deeper discount than what they're currently offering uh, for all the earners, anybody that watches the podcast. And that's something that's exclusive where nobody else on the market has that price. We try to do that as an incentive. So um you we gracious enough to oblige for of that. Of course. <laughs> so we got a $1,000 off of the regular price. So the website is MSB, the letter B, BlueprintEYL.com. That's MSB, blueprint eyl.com We'll put the link in the description of this video and then on Spotify and Apple. And then also it'll be on our website on the alumni tab Um, but that's the only website that will have that special thousand dollars off. And once again, that includes the four modules that includes everything from the idea, to execution, the contracts, the trademarking information, the business credit information, the business insurance information, the retirement planning information, the budgeting for your business information, the taxes, the marketing, um, the payroll, all of that. And the workbook as well
2: the workbook it has a six figure uh blueprint it has um a seven figure blueprint right because as you're starting your business most people are thinking hey i need to make seven figures but hey let's first get you to six figures so now that you've got your six figures then it also has a blueprint because what it took for you to make a hundred thousand the processes, the anxiety, you got to have to deal with some different things to get to seven figures. Yeah. Right. And so um, it also includes that. So we also talked about talk about funding in there. Like there's a funding lesson. And so it's it's literally everything that you need from A to Z as it relates to business.
3: Better than college.
2: Way better than college. And way, way cheaper. I, I went to business. I went to college, yeah. Study business. None of these things were um yeah it I'm just telling you thing. if
3: you don't if you don't know what you're doing you're not gonna be successful I know that because I'm a business owner I've been a business owner my whole life well my whole adult life S- started businesses some businesses worked some businesses didn't work and the ones that didn't work is because you know we didn't have a plan and strategy in place and didn't know what we were doing and even the ones that did work still made a lot of mistakes because we didn't know what we were doing just fortunate enough to get through those mistakes but
0: but before we leave That's
3: let's true. give let's give a couple more Jim before we wrap up um you want to talk yeah, about yeah, the
0: Yeah, so in true EYL fashion, right? People had the 6,000 pound rule. So let's give them something that's new for 2022 as far as taxes. I want to talk about payment processes, third parties, spe- specifically PayPal. $600. Cash App, Vimeo. <laughs> There's a big thing that has changed. Let's talk about that.
2: Okay, so starting January 2022, um, I know there was a lot of speculation, um, but what they have settled on is that any payments that goes through payment process the third-party payment processors um, in excess of six hundred dollars or more you will be receiving a 1099k so this is so important and this is such a huge change because previously the uh benchmarks or the thresholds was if you made uh if it was 200 transactions or twenty thousand dollars that's now six hundred dollars that's a big Jump and a big difference, you know. Um, so there will be a lot of 1099 Ks coming in the mail next year. Um, so keep in mind January 2022 is when the, this went into effect, 2021. It doesn't go into effect, it's still the $200, I mean the 200 transactions or $20,000. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is a game changer because a lot of people was not reporting a lot of the money um, and funds that yeah. they were receiving. And so now, and keep in mind, it is $600 total, not $600 transactions, right. because I get that question all the time.
0: So if you put something on sale and it's $200, once that goes over three sales, you gotta start reporting. Yeah, so the government wants to make sure that they're getting all their money.
2: They want to make sure. They are not playing with this digital money. They're like, wait, <laughs> hold up. We do not have a hold, over, like a hold on this. Um, and one more thing, because I know that you guys are like big in crypto. The IRS is getting their hands wrapped around crypto as well. Um, in 20, 2021 was the last year that wash sales was available. I mean, was possible for crypto. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with what wash sales is, when you sell a stock and then rebuy a stock right, and then be able to um, recognize that loss. And so in 2021, that was the last time that you could do that. Yep. Now going forward, wash sales are not, um, are not possible with crypto so it
0: was so volatile that that could happen yeah
2: that could happen like you could be they could be december 25th you could be like you know what it just dropped i have a loss i'm going to you know sell it recognize the loss rebuy it you know january 1st you know just rebuy it a few days later and so that um that's a big one that's a big one because a lot of people were offsetting a lot of their gains with those losses and then just picking up the um picking up whatever coin it was in a few days but now that's no longer possible so
3: there you have it ladies and gentlemen (laughs) whole lot of game definitely (laughs) definitely a lot a lot of gems a lot of gems um how can the people contact you what would you like to tell the people before we wrap
2: so before we wrap i want to tell the people that 2022 start your business start it the right way It is important. We are no longer okay or content with just having LLCs. No, we are starting profitable businesses. And so do the work, hire who you need to hire, get the education and do what you need to do. That's like my theme, Mm. like going forward. Um, No more babysitting it, right? So that's what I want to leave you all with. Um, In regards to contacting me, my... It's business, Miss business 101 on Instagram and all platforms. So follow me, send me a DM. Uh, you can always email me. My website is MissBusiness101.com. So you can always reach me through any of those yeah. platforms.
0: Make, make sure you tell her that you're an earner. She loves make it.
2: Make sure <laughs> you tell me that you are earner. I have, oh my God, we were just talking about it. I'm like, oh my God, I have you know the earnest call and they're like, I'm an earner. I'm like, all right, Treat me you dinner. guys are VIP. You Listen, if you are earner, you are VIP. So don't even... <laughs> worry about it reach out
3: <laughs> there you have it there you have it uh and don't forget msb blueprint EYL.com for the special price on the business blueprint everything you need to know ideas to execution to get the business up and running profitable and taking it to the next level troy housekeeping
0: items yeah man shout out to all our patreon members shout out to eyl university all our earners that are in there shout out to the merch team and shout out to you this is episode number two which now means that this <laughs> letterman jacket or maybe letterman sweater cardigan yes yeah, yeah we have, i
2: mean
0: <laughs> i mean not many people have two episodes on Ernie Leisure. so thank you for, for coming and, and giving so much game we appreciate you
2: thank you for yeah. having me
3: yeah for sure <laughs> so there you have it ladies and gentlemen take execution let's make this year great thank you for rocking with us we'll see you next week peace peace my graduates from my school being forbes Backdrop. Backdrop. back drop, bag drop. <laughs> <laughs> F- a mic drop back drop <laughs>